We're going to look at the Bible together now. It's a real privilege for me to speak to you. Always is. Uh, this time uh, is extra special for me because uh, it's a personal anniversary for me. 34 years ago today, I got baptized. So, uh, which is great. Uh, I don't still wear that shirt. I am the pasty looking young teen in the middle, uh, just in case you've never seen someone get baptized. Just a few moments before stepping into something like a human sheep dip, uh, I attempted a few words about my life my brand new life in Jesus. And this is me. Now, if my memory serves me correctly, I had put my hand in my pocket because I was so nervous and so excited. It was the only way I could keep my arms still. Uh, but there I was. I was determined uh, that I would remember the decision I made and the words that I was trying to say on that day. So I carefully folded the small page that I had, and I've kept it tucked in a Bible at home ever since. It doesn't actually say very much, but it ends like this. I'm wanting to be baptized and show God that I love him. I still do. So, it is a huge privilege for me today to speak to you about brand new, about a life that can be transformed by the one you love, the one that I love. But it's also so important because this is something we need. I became a Christian, I got baptized because I needed to. We're talking about brand new because each of us needs brand new in Jesus. Christianity isn't some sort of prop. It's for people who recognize that their life isn't worth propping up. When we start this brand new life, we do so because we need to. We all need brand new in Jesus. If we don't get that, we'll probably think that Christianity is some sort of leg up in life for people who want some sort of leg up or maybe feel they can't manage it any other way. If you want self-help, you're in the wrong warehouse. Christianity is about brand new in Jesus. When we do get that it's a brand new life in Jesus, there are some really important things that the Bible tells us about living that brand new life where Jesus transforms everything. What we're going to do is look at just a few of those important words from a part of the Bible called Hebrews. Hebrews, and the beginning of chapter 12. Just before that, in the previous chapter, 
No surprises, the previous chapter is chapter 11. Uh, there are people and communities that are written about who lived God's brand new life. And now some of them saw God do amazing things and others saw nothing. And yet they still lived absolutely certain to the end of their life that God is amazing. He's the brand new one. And so right after this catalogue, this crowd of people, there's words for others that include us about living brand new in Jesus. I'm going to read them now. You'll see them up on the screen. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is marked, that's set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I want us just to focus on just a few words within this. Words essential for brand new living. And they're this. Let us also lay aside every weight. So, where do I begin with that? Firstly, the word also. It's a small word, it's a really important one. Because the also is inviting us to be like all the brand new others, that great crowd of witnesses that is surrounding us. I don't know what you think uh, when you figure you might be surrounded. Could sound slightly intimidating, I suppose. Uh, this, it's not meant to be. It's not in a hands, you know, hands up, come out, you're surrounded kind of way. It's meant to be with a sort of safety in numbers kind of way. What it's saying is you also are on the brand new team. To use a cycling analogy, you also are in the peloton. You're surrounded. This crowd are bearing witness to what is possible by faith. What brand new, what a brand new life can really be like. Why do I say that's important? Because, and why do I want to focus on that? Of all the things that I could say, there's a whole chunk of things. Why am I drawing your attention to that in this time right now? Because a brand new life where Jesus is transforming everything is a life that we run with endurance. That's pretty clear. You can see that there. And so I think one of the first things we can think when we might think about a brand new life, let alone enduring in life, is, whew, 
I don't know if I can do that. Surely not me. I mean, it's too hard. It's not possible. How could anybody stick at this? How could anybody endure like that? I don't know. We, you know, we see other people, and I don't know whether seeing other people helps us to endure or not, to stick at stuff in our days. We see what they are also doing, and uh, it seems like they've taken great care to show us that their life is so whizzy, you know, so amazing, so unachievable for us. You've only got to look at social media to find that. And you'd think, uh, don't bother looking this good, sounding that way, or trying to get where I've been and what I've done. We can feel surrounded by people in life in ways that can put us off. Quite easily, we make comparisons that, that don't necessarily encourage us. They can discourage you. You can try it if you want. You know, there'll be someone online who'll sell you a product to make sure that you can. But by the time you've got that, they'll have another product for you. This, that is some kind of dangerous distraction. That's not the kind of also that we're seeing here. It's pretty unhealthy diversion from any kind of brand new life in Jesus because this biblical also is really different. We can also do what a great crowd has borne witness to. You can do what this great crowd in Hebrews 11 has borne witness to. They endured. Will you? Because you also are an also. You're an also. I don't know whether we want to be that. Sometimes, you know, we've taken the idea that, no, we've got to be a, like a, a not also. We're just me. The Bible counts us into stuff. You're part of your brand new is being another one in that great crowd. You're invited to be an also. Tell someone near you, you're an also. Hmm. Yes. I don't know why I did that really, because I'm like one of the last people that wants to turn around and tell anybody anything in the middle of a talk at church. I'm the like... Pfft. Not getting me saying stuff just because you said I say it from the front. I don't know if I want to do this. It's kind of awkward for me. But you're an also. If you can't, the thing is, and I need to hear this too, if I can't say that out loud to someone else, am I making sure that I am saying it loud enough to myself? What about you? Maybe we all need to tell ourselves we're an also. I'm not going to ask you to say that out loud or anything. But I hope you're saying it loud enough to yourself. That you're counted in, in God. Because it's important, when you're in the crowd, you get to surround other people too. When you're an also, you get to show other people what a brand new life is really like. You get to show them what you proved in however many weeks, days, years you've had the opportunity to do so. What sort of role model for 
brand new will you be? And one of the things this passage recognises is that in order to be a role model for brand new, it's an issue of weight. I don't know if I can say that, but the next thing I want to speak about is weight. Dear me, it's slightly taboo, uh, because I'm going to talk about weight loss uh, for a few minutes here. Weight is terribly taboo in this country, in our culture. I'm told elsewhere in other parts of the world it's considered quite polite, quite important to comment on other people's weight. If you go to China or parts of China, it's, uh, it's a way of showing them that you care. Oh, I'm really pleased to see you put on some weight. Would be a compliment in China. And equally, oh dear, oh, you seem to have lost some weight. Are you okay? Would be a polite question in China. There we go. But right here, we're not sure if we want to talk about weight. But in the Bible, these words from Hebrews are talking about Jesus transforming everything, using the idea of endurance running. Now, I have to confess, I don't actually know very much about endurance running, uh, but I understand the idea that endurance athletes are pretty trim. They've slimmed right down. They measure it all carefully with something called body mass index, BMI. They're thinking really carefully about where the weight is, what they got, what they haven't got, what they need, what they need to get rid of. And so I would take it that brand new is a matter of spiritual BMI. And so we probably need to think about that, what might be slightly awkward word for some, weight. I don't know what I need to actually explain about bulk, mass, excess baggage, okay? Perhaps we already know about it, but we don't like to think about it too much. It's been a thing. Weight has been, and the way that people exercised and prepared for endurance running has always been like that, right back from Bible times. It would have been a thing when uh, the writer to the Hebrews was talking about laying aside every weight in order to run an endurance race. In those days, they worked hard to rid themselves of any kind of weight. They needed to know that if they were going to keep going, they were only going to carry what they really needed to in order to go the distance. Is that how we think about our lives as Christians? They were thinking about weight that was in them and weight that was on them. And so they had special kind of gear uh, for their athletic endeavors. At this point, you know, it seems necessary to have a prop. Uh, and uh, at this point, I considered uh, holding up some lycra. But frankly, I don't like this stuff. Uh, and uh, I would have had to borrow it off of Kieran. And uh, with the best will in the world, Kieran, I don't wish to touch your lycra. Um, <laughs> that's just how it is. So in this box, I have got, uh, you know, the sort of outfit that an endurance runner would have worn in Bible days. 
just nothing at all. They were starkers, not a stitch. It's shocking. Well, except for perhaps one thing. Olive oil. <laughs> they, they rubbed down in olive oil. Now, you know, in lieu of Kieran's lycra, I did ask him if at this stage he would, you know, just... Uh, there's a little bit in the bottle. I don't know if it'll go far enough, Kieran. For some reason, he thought that would be distracting to you. And maybe it is. Maybe it's that point uh, at which we need to stop thinking about that. It becomes a hindrance to us, too. Uh, but the thing is, they took really seriously uh, what they were going to wear and what they weren't going to wear, what they were going to carry with them and what they weren't going to carry with them. There's a number of reasons why they wore olive oil. Some of them are a bit random. But one of them is understood that they thought it would mean that dust was less likely to cling to them, to stick to them, if they just smoothed their whole body down by wearing... In other words, they were like saying, I'm not even going to carry a speck if I am going to endure. And I think that's challenging to us. Let us also lay aside every weight. What are we going to do to ensure that we are traveling suitably light in this brand new life? It's provocative to us. How aware are we of our weight? Are we even thinking about specs and whether or not they are on us? In order to travel light, how seriously are we taking? What sense do we have of weights and things that hinder it? Do we see it? Can other people see it obviously in us or on us? What are we going to do to focus on brand new living that endures in an also kind of way for other people? Because if it's going to hold you back, if it's bad for you and Jesus, it's weight. Now, you can see this passage has other things to say about sin. Clearly, there's bad stuff that clings to us, that gets us really stuck from enduring. But right here, there seems to be a focus on something related, but not always necessarily exactly the same thing as that. Because this is not just saying, avoid the bad stuff, but do you know what? Think about the stuff that you're not sure whether it's bad or not, but you will not need it if you're going to endure. Because that is going to hinder you. you. You need to shed that kind of weight. So let me ask you, do you know what hinders you? Have you thought about it in that kind of olive oil type meticulous detail? Every part of me, I don't want anything weighing down me, catching on to me in any part of my life. Do you know what hinders you in every or any part of your life? Well, here's my tip for finding out. Why don't you try going faster and further for Jesus? 
Why don't you try running? It's a running metaphor. Because nothing will hinder you on the sofa. Nothing stops you when you're already static. When you're not really moving and you're not really trying anything more that maybe you've already done. If you're ready for a brand new life, are you ready to run in God? To believe Him? What's weighing you down? If you're even thinking about getting up and moving for God, for believing Him, what is it that's the first thing that's saying, whoa, hold it right there. What says, not so fast, slow down. Take it easy. Thought this Christianity was supposed to be helpful. That's not you. You'll never be that sort of Christian, whatever that sort is. All of a sudden, you're pretty sure that you know what it is and that you won't be it. Plonk, back down on the sofa. That's weight, and that's your weight. That's the one that you need to recognize. Now, occasionally, people carry different things. They may carry, some people may carry certain weights freely, things that other people might be hindered by, uh, things that might cause other people to stumble. And the Bible encourages us to recognize that even if we think we're okay with it, with that weight, it's not okay if it puts someone else off from stumbling. After all, you're not running for you. You're running in the crowd. You're running because you are someone else's crowd of witnesses. What is it in your life that other people are going to see that is brand new in Jesus? When you know what will slow you down in brand new living, how far will you go to avoid carrying it? What kind of way will you treat yourself? Think about your own life, your spiritual being, in terms of what you want to carry and what you need to shed. What would it mean to avoid even the dust of things that might hinder you? And that's where we move to the next word that we have here, every. Because brand new is not partial. It's not nearly new. It's not as good as new. It's not one careful owner or lovingly restored. Brand new is not mint in the box. That's unused. Brand new is something else completely. It's different. Christians have a special word for that something else which you maybe don't hear so much these days. But it's important. Holy. Holy means everything is different. God's way. Brand new is holy because Jesus transforms everything. Now, again, I'm, I'm no endurance athlete. I don't know much about how they train. But I... I believe I'm right in saying that at times they focus part of their training on one single aspect of their discipline. 
Maybe they're thinking of one part of how they compete, and they'll really zoom in and focus, trying to refine that. And if they're going to endure, uh, they will need to consider everything. They can't say, well, I run well because, you know, I've exercised this leg. You know, this leg is at its peak performance. I've been focusing on it now for several months. I mean, look at it move. What an athlete. I'm going to endure with, with this leg. Well, if you haven't paid any attention to anything else, what's going to happen? You know, or I'm, I'm now... I'm now swinging my arm. Better. It even knows where to go when the other one's doing. I can do that. Everything. Brand new is everything. When athletes consider everything, they don't forget the big things, but they are as likely to spend a disproportionate amount of time considering lots of little things because they know how much each different aspect makes. Marginal gains, they may call them, but they know they're massive gains in the little things. Brand new is everything. A brand new living requires the, exactly the same sort of attention for everything each of us, even in the little things. Brand New Living recognizes that everything you do matters because it shows what you really believe. You say prayer is important, but whether you really pray on your own or whether you really make praying with others a priority shows what you really mean about how important prayer is. Same for everything. Brand new is not a matter of our preference or our experience or our limit of it. Not much would be transformed in Jesus if it just came down to my preferences or my experience and, and my inexperience. We've got to choose everything. We may choose things that may seem right and then suddenly, I don't know if they are anymore. Anything. Recently, Carol and I decided to stop watching a particular TV drama that we'd followed for a series or two. I mean, there wasn't any nudity or, or any violence or bad language for that, and, and frankly, that's quite hard to find on TV. But we still decided it was a hindrance. It was a weight for us. Why was that? It was because... Over the course of the series, the characters began doing and saying things that, frankly, I wouldn't do. They were, you know, and I wouldn't encourage any of you to do. And I'm watching them for entertainment, thinking, I don't live like that. I don't want people to live like that. Why am I watching people live like that for entertainment? That's odd. It's not odd, it's a waste of life. It is not brand new living. It wasn't going to transform me in any way to be more like Jesus. And so for us, that became part of our every week. 
When I got baptized and said, God, I wanted to show him I love him, it wasn't showing God that I loved him. It's like, just a TV program. Why bother? What might every mean for you? What are you looking at? What are you watching? What makes you grumpy? What makes you most happy? And why? What are you hoping for most today or, or this week or at some point this year? What would you find it hardest not to do or to see? What are you holding on tightest to in life? What or who has a place in your heart that it does not deserve? Could be your weight. If you think you know, then you need to consider the last words we'll focus on today. Lay aside. It means take off, put off yourself. Some say cast off. It's about separation and distance. Lay aside, I must say, feels slightly tidy, doesn't it? Have you folded it before you've laid it aside? Have you just put it down there? Lay aside might be sort of, well, that'll do nicely for later. Just put that tightly next to the other things I've laid aside. No, lay them aside. That's what it means, be shot of it. Don't need it, we're done. Don't let it, it rule you. Tell you what to do or to think. We live in an age that wants to kick us around in the ways we do and think any which way. Think about it. I mean, the sorts of things that get said in our day. I can be whatever I want to be. I have to be honest to who I really am. Now, I don't know about you, but as I think about those two things, they can't both be right, can they? Either you can be whatever you want to be, which probably means you can change, or you have to be honest to who you really are, which means you'll never change. And yet, people are glad to use whichever which one. Uh, I guess they're not trying to be right. Usually I think perhaps they're trying not to feel guilty for being or doing whatever they want to be or do at that moment in time. But when we live a brand new life, we have a different focus than simply what I want. Because brand new living is about God. Who he is and who he says I am. Brand new living, it puts off, it takes off, it throws away anything that might not say, I love God. And I'm doing this to show him how much I love him. I think in my own life, okay, I'm really grateful that my dear wife, Carol, also likes cheese. Okay, if you know me, you won't be surprised to hear that. 
And you might be surprised to hear me say this, but you know, if she didn't, if Carol didn't like cheese, it's only cheese. And I love her. What am I going to choose? <laughs> am I going to, you know, sneak around? <laughs> Quick, where's the crackers? I love Carol. It's only cheese. How much more do I want to show God that I love him? That's what he's getting at with lay aside. How much more, when we are aware that we live our lives in the presence of the one who loves us, that we can live every moment in his presence to show him that he loves him, that we love him, what will we choose? Surely, it's an easy choice to lay aside. I recently came across a, a Latin phrase. Now, you'll know me, I, I don't flaunt Latin, never learnt it, probably not even saying this right, okay? But I like this. It resonates with me, and I hope it will with you. So I may not be pronouncing it right, but the phrase is coram deo. Coram deo. And it means something like in the presence of God. Before the face of God. I love that. Brand new living is coram deo, living. Brand new living is in the presence of God. It is before the face of God. It's living for the glory of God. God. We live coram Deo in every moment. We get to choose to live like that, to run our race like that. As God watches, will we endure like that as brand new people, coram Deo people, in the presence of the one we love. In each moment, an opportunity to show him how much we love him. What will we lay aside in those moments? You know what? There'll be people in your moments. Some of them sometimes. We'll not always be in our moments. Whatever else we focus on, the greatest reality is that only you and God are in every moment of your life. Every moment is first and foremost, you see, about your love response to God. Your choice for or against him. God at the center. Or God slightly off-center with him going out of the view because I can't let go of that. I haven't, you know, laid it aside. I haven't thrown it off. I, 
Yeah, God, I, I, I do like you. Oh. Koran Daya, God. Brand new for you. I want to show you how much I love you. A.W. Tozer said, what comes into our minds when we think about Jesus is the most important thing about us. And with that perspective on reality, I hope you would be ever more ready to lay everything aside, putting off uh, or else, you know, or getting rid of anything for him, the one who transforms everything saying, please take it, Jesus. Please take it. So I want us to respond in that way together to God right now. We're going to worship uh, and sing unbroken praise. I would encourage you as we worship, I want you to come before God. I'll, I'll come back and we'll pray after this song, but I want you to say, God, this... This is what I want for you. This is what I want to show you in my life. This is what enduring is going to look like. This is how I want it to be. Maybe there's things that you recognize uh, to break your praise. Right now, we're going to uh, sing and choose to say, this is, this is a corandeo moment. We're in the presence of God. Right now, this is a moment. You can let it go right now. You can lob it right away. Right now. I invite you to do that as we worship.